was in the time of prayer. Lord, you have saved us for a greater purpose than merely managing our cycles of sin. Have you not saved us so that we might serve you in an ever new life of your risen son? Revive us in ways that change us deeply. Infuse the resurgent life of your spirit within us so that we may rejoice in rising, always escalating love for your son that loved us. more than we could ever deserve or even imagine. We recognize that whenever we turn to you, even slightly, we find you're already there. You've been seeking us. What a vigilant love. Extravagant, extravagant gladness. We ask that you would bring your wayward children home. Do this for your own joy. Coming home is like coming back to life from the dead. May your joy revive your people so that many more in our city will find their way home to you. Lord, we pray that your people would experience a fresh, your forgiveness and your joy. And that your joy, God, would be revealed with your love so that many would come home to you. This week we prayed on behalf of children, on behalf of the homeless, women, those who are single, and even those here in this country from other places. We often turn back to stubborn habits of our heart. We think about your love. And we know even in times like this that we recognize where we have gone off our own way just in what we do or say, but even in our thinking. But it's foolish to imagine that we can be changed by just deciding to be different. Only you can change us. Even now, reveal the transforming love of Christ as never before. Save us in ways that we have not expected. Save us Cause our hearts to hear you speaking life, changing peace, bringing words. Lead us onward that we may learn to walk faithfully in your love. And may the greatness of your love be revealed to many in our area. Not just Oil City, but we are the Oil City Community Alliance and it goes across this whole area. Lord, I pray for those struggling believers who need to experience again or at a greater depth your love and how they need to turn and obey you with joy. Move now by your spirit to exalt the Son of God in our midst. As you answer prayer offered in Jesus' name, may people thank you and seek to know you. May not just your people see this, but those outside of these walls, those outside of those who would be called Christians. May you so be honored in your people that you will be known among those who have yet to seek you.
help us to speak and serve you in ways that glorify you, Jesus, so that many will trust to receive your life and ultimately behold your glory. Work in us. Shine on us. Rain upon us. Holy Spirit. Cause your presence to come upon us. Walking ahead. Lord, I pray that even before I speak a word that you have gone on ahead. And spoken to our hearts. That you walk beside us as we look at your word and that you would go behind as well. That we would not be hearers only, but doers able to not just learn, but to live your word in a way that can only be through you, by you. Come near to us. Extend your hand. The hand that formed us in order to restore us. Stretch us, strengthen us to grow in your glory. Presenting to you the lasting fruit of the families and friends who will praise your name. May your people be transformed. Those who are despondent or fruitless, may they be lifted into the light of your presence and suddenly changed. Even in this moment here, in your word, Lord, I I don't know what we are experiencing in our individual lives with you each day and our times. Lord, we come into your presence recognizing that you're always with us, but in that special way. But we recognize the significance that you can bring about in our life, not just in worship, that we've just done, but in your word that is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce through whatever it is. Do your work in us, not merely piercing through and showing us and revealing, and but operating in such a way to find a healing, a wholeness, a differentness that you want to bring about. Help me to speak your words, but Lord, there's a sense that the the concept of what you're trying to get across here goes beyond just words. May we grasp it because you grasp us right now. We hold on to you as you hold on to us. Move. Move us. Move me. We commit ourselves as living sacrifices to you this day. In Jesus' name. Amen. Children may be dismissed Children's Church if they have not already. And if the rest of us would turn to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2. Beginning with verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray 
that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Here's a question that you probably haven't heard that often. Have we got a bunch of praying mantis Christians in the church? Um, we, you know, it may occasionally come up as a question, but you probably haven't heard that too often, have you? you know, I want you to think about it. And yes, I'm talking about the insect. And think about the insect. You know, it looks like they're praying. Everybody thinks they're praying, but are they really? That's what they're called. That's what's supposed to define them. Now let's transfer that analogy over to Christians who everyone assumes we're praying. We talk about how important prayer is and that God answers prayer. But how many of us really are? How many, would it not be just a description of what we do, but who we are? That when someone looks at that particular insect, you think, praying mantis. When someone looks at us, do they think, there's a praying Christian? Which, as they start to think about it, is an oxymoron. Because a Christian should be praying. It's just the same thing. I mean, reality is most believers would say, yes, I need to have a greater prayer life. I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands. Because uh, most of us are going to say, I wish, we, I wish I had a greater prayer life. But when was the last time someone said, you know what, I, I don't know about that. I, I was just thinking about it, and I think I really need to cut back on my praying. When was the last time somebody said that? It, 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 that's not something that we say, and, and perhaps it's not so much that we need to pray more, it's that we need more prayer in our life. Uh, it was uh, a while ago on January 16th that we looked at our need to be committed to the priority of prayer. They emphasize the core value, one of our core values. In fact, our second, our second core value, that prayer is the primary work of God's people. Yet all too often we may think we've made prayer a priority, at least in our heads. We've got it. Yes, prayer is a priority. We've got, but, but we've got no passion for prayer in our hearts. Our head says it's a priority, but our heart's got no passion for it that works itself out in our lives. We need to get to the point, as Colossians 4, chapter 2 here says, begins to say, is devote yourselves to prayer. In fact, all the rest that we just read through verse 6 means nothing, will not happen, unless we begin with verse 2 here, devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves. How many of us really are devoted? Do we even understand what that means? Yes, at some level we're doing prayer, but how many are really devoted to prayer in a way that defines us? The way the call is here to devote ourselves to prayer. How do we get there? How do we get there? To what do we need to get to? We need to have a passion for prayer. We just boil this down today and thinking through and going uh, as we go through this is to think we need to have a passion in prayer. How we do that is that we must have a passion that goes, first of all, beyond duty to desire. There are many, many Christians who are willing to admit that, sure, we could be better at prayer. Sure, I, you know, I could be better at prayer. But nonetheless, as we talk about it, we kind of fall back to saying, but it's not that bad. My prayer is, it's, it's not that bad. And, and in fact, a lot of times it's good. 
There's no real burning desire to change our prayer life. We may say we can be better and we should do better, but where is the passion for prayer that really presses on to actually make that happen? To see that worked out in our lives. It's not there because we are content with our prayer life to remain unchanged. Now we may not like that said that way, but if we don't do anything and don't think about it and just then aren't we just content to remain unchanged? And yet when we see some of the most committed, mature believers among us, very clearly, those are the ones who would say, you know what, I'm not happy with my prayer life because I know there is more. I know there's more and I want that more. And I'm not there yet. But that is said, not that there is more so to speak, it's not set out of a guilt of some duty that's gone unfulfilled. This is where we miss it. We've kind of got back into, I don't want us to pull us back into some old legalistic way of thinking. But to understand there is something more here. That's not out of guilt from a duty that's unfulfilled, but out of a desire that has yet to be fulfilled. For that more. That comes from a passion for prayer. Sometimes the duty of prayer is to go through a religious motion. That we feel obligated to pray. In fact, even we feel obligated we should pray before we do the real work of God. And so we throw up a quick prayer and then we get to it. Although oftentimes when we get to... we, Let's face it, sometimes we get to doing something. And it's a little bit later that we say, oh... Guess I should have prayed about that. You know, anybody ever that? Like, you know, kind of going along to start it, and it's like, oh, yeah, I probably should have prayed about that. Okay, let's just uh, stop for a moment, and we just kind of do our thing. Our obligatory prayer that we know we should have done. That's not being devoted to prayer. It's hard to say that we're passionate about prayer if it's just a perfunctory motion that we are supposed to go through before we start something else or even after we finish something for Christ and the church. Uh, think about it this way. Uh, in thinking about a cold duty versus a lit desire for prayer, I think of this Psalm 141, verse 1 and 2. I call to you, Lord, come quickly to me, hear me, when I call to you, may my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. The image of prayer here is that which is going up like incense. But you know what? That incense cannot go up unless first there is a fire lit to that incense. Where is the fire that fuels our prayer? How often are we praying with passion? How long? Because the fact is, how long can a duty to prayer actually last if there's no real desire for it? How long will we actually just follow through? How many times are we just praying for something that we felt like we should probably pray for? Well, then that's not being devoted to prayer. How can we expect there's going to be something happen? There's going to be power in a passionless praying that's just based on our duty rather than our desire. We need God to light us up, to fan into flame a devotion, not only to Him, but to prayer, which is to Him, with Him. Eventually, without a passion for prayer, it just becomes a dry duty. It, even it seems like if it's a priority to keep praying for the same things that we've prayed for, something we know we should do, but we don't always necessarily want to do it. Are you with me? Prayer is something we know we should do, but we don't necessarily always want to do. That's a clue that we're not devoted to prayer. That we're missing some passion 
for prayer. We're just doing our duty, not devotion. We lack passion, even though we know it's a priority. Going through the motions without any emotion, eventually becoming robots in prayer to the point that every day, yet often, we don't remember. I mean, we're doing it every day, right? We just do the same prayers, the same things. And yet, how many times does it happen that we don't remember what we prayed for today? I mean, if you really had passion for prayer, if you really devoted for prayer, wouldn't you remember what you prayed for this morning? If there was a burning passion that you were bringing before God in His presence, is that something you're going to forget, what you just said? For all that matters, sometimes we can just pray something and 10 seconds afterwards saying, did I pray for that thing? Did, did I forget to pray? I was supposed to pray. Did I pray for that Maybe our head was engaged, but our heart wasn't. Prayer has not just then become religious, it's become a a ritual. Far from a relationship. Routine prayers that have become our vain repetitions that are dull, lifeless, loveless, autopilot exercise. Something we know is good for us, you know, like exercise. We know it's good for us. We know we need to do it. But we really don't like to do it enough to be consistent like we should, to make a difference. Just like exercise, at least for some of us, I can say. Passionate prayer is not prayer where you can barely keep awake while you're praying. Passionate prayer is not prayer about something while you're thinking about something else. Even while the words are coming out of your mouth. Passionate prayer is not done because you feel guilty And you'd rather be doing something else. What would happen if in most of our churches we called everybody out to a special night of prayer? Just prayer. Not not, not a teaching, not a music, not anything of that, just prayer. Would only those who have the desire show up while everybody else would say, you know, that's good, the church should do those things. We should have those kind of things. Times of prayer. I just can't be there. You know, I got reasons. And and sometimes maybe there are reasons, but how many of those reasons we would say, yet I am still devoted to prayer. I still have a passion for prayer. It is still exhibited in my life. It still defines who I am and what I do, even though I can't be there that night when prayer is called for. That's different. I believe you. But for others, what's going on? What's going on that if we heard a call for a different kind of meeting, instead of a call for a prayer meeting together, we're going to have a special musical concert with somebody that, oh, it's unbelievable they would even come to Oil City. Uh, you know, we're going to have that and, and come out for that. Or, you know what, we're going to have this famous preacher come out here and he's going to talk about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and he's going to identify them for the first time ever of who they really are right now and you'll hear it right here in history. It's going to be revealed. I don't know. I could go on with other things. Would there be more in attendance, more that would come out to something that they're interested in that they want. If so, doesn't that reveal where our passion and our devotion is? Really? I recall years ago, one of the churches that we were in had a, a Spanish-speaking congregation that we shared the facilities with. We shared those facilities so that it kind of gave them a, a, a start as a church to be able to do that. And occasionally, uh, although... We didn't do joint services 
necessarily. Occasionally, we would do nights of prayer in conjunction with the Spanish-speaking congregation. Obviously, as we started out, there was more of them than there were of us, but there were still quite a few. Uh, Although, it was interesting that most of the Anglos only lasted about three hours into the night, and then they went back home. Whereas the rest of the Spanish-speaking congregation just kept rolling in prayer all night long, adults, youth, children, all night praying, seeking the Lord. And he moved. Now, the reality is maybe 50 years ago or more, if somebody called for a special prayer meeting, the church may be fully, be more fairly full, so to speak. But the reality is today, it seems like the definition of what it means to be devoted is limited to maybe gathering together for one service in a week and not necessarily every week. Where's our passion for the things of God? Let alone, where is our priority? I'm not trying to be legalistic here and say, you know, this is, okay, they're going to do this, so you've got to be there then. But when else are we doing it? How else is it happening? How are we living out our passion for prayer with one another? Many saints of old have likened prayer to spiritual air that we breathe. And thus, to be alive in Christ, to breathe the air, to be alive is to pray. And as we think about that in the physical realm, most of us don't think of it as our duty to breathe. Anybody? Thinking, oh man, I've got to breathe now. Breathe. we got to breathe. You know, we don't, it's not something we think of as a duty. It's what we do. It just happens We would definitely say it's a priority to breathe. It's essential. It's necessary. We're not usually thinking about it. It's just what we do. It's a part of who we are. We are living, breathing beings. So it should be with prayer. It should be something that just naturally or supernaturally is about Not just what we do, but who we are. We are alive Christians devoted to prayer. That just happens. And just as we would notice and become greatly concerned when we're not breathing or or when we, you know, start to have trouble breathing, we should become desperate. For that, we become desperate for the air, so we become desperate for prayer. Just as we would for our next breath. Many that have experienced that recent time. I mean, if our breathing became, our physical breathing became labored and shallow, and even to the point where our physical breathing stopped for a little bit, but then started back up, how many of us would be concerned enough to do something about it. Maybe even call 911. Then what happens when our prayer becomes labored and difficult and just stops for a while and then starts back up? How many of our prayer lives needs to call on God for some spiritual CPR? Prayer, as a breath becomes natural, consistent. I'm not saying that we do not pray. We do. But there's more to being devoted to prayer. Like it says here in Colossians 4, a single-mindedness focused that we are giving ourselves totally to Christ in prayer and there is nothing that will stand in the way for us to pray. To devote ourselves to prayer. To devote means to continue to do something with intense effort. Despite difficulty. 
to devote oneself is to keep on, to persist, to persevere, to continually be devoting with a constant readiness and a constant attention to the thing. Even it says not only here, but in Romans 12, 12. Duty to prayer gives up too easily and too early, but a passion to prayer will keep pressing on. That's what being devoted is about, to don't quit, to be steadfast in your prayer life along with other scriptures like men ought always to pray and not to lose heart in Luke 18 or as we think about the parable of the friend at midnight or the unjust judge. It's not just about a duty to prayer that encourages us to intercede until answers come, but a passion that seeks God and his answers. A passion for prayer that's not just in our head, but in our hearts so that our hands are constantly being lifted up in prayer. As we can see throughout the word of God, it is a very foundational level, not just about the importance and the priority of prayer, but even throughout Jesus' life, throughout the life of the early church, as we turn to Acts, that's what they did. That's what was about. In fact, the church began at a prayer meeting. That's what was going on. This is what they were doing after Jesus ascended up to heaven. We read in Acts chapter 1 in verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, the zealot, Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. This is what they start. This is how it all started. This is what it was about. Passion and prayer joining together constantly, not out of duty, but out of devotion because of duty, how long would they really wait? Because it didn't just happen. I know we go, we have Acts chapter 1, and then we have Acts chapter 2. And we think that between that, it's just like it just one day happened, and then the next day. It's not a day thing here. It's, they had to wait there for a while. But Jesus said what they were waiting for. In fact, in verse 4 of Acts chapter 1 there, on one occasion while he was sitting with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then later in verse 8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. They needed to wait for power. And they did that passionately. They did that expectantly, waiting for God to show up. Their prayers were not just ones of duty. They were ones of desire that was waiting upon the Lord and what he wanted to do in their midst. And what they wanted him to do as well. To be devoted to prayer is not seeing it as a duty. It's not something I've got to do. It's something I get to do. Is there that sense where that's where we're at? I'm not trying to say, oh, we're just terrible Christians because we don't, you know, we pray. But are we doing it because that's something we've got to do or something that we get to do? It's a whole different in our motivation and it changes everything. It should be something we want to do. And so... If it's not out of a, a duty that we have to endure, but a delight that we get to enjoy, a passion for prayer. Uh, some, have, some have questioned about using the word passion. Some may question that because it's just seen as emotion. Not that emotion in this is necessarily wrong. We're to love the Lord our God with not just all our head, all our mind, but with everything that we got, which would include our emotions. But passion is something that goes beyond that. It's a desire that burns down deep in our soul at the core of who we are. 
God wants our prayers to be passionate. He wants us to care about what we are praying for, but he wants us to care even about prayer. Praying with passion, not just in our minds, but in our hearts, with all our soul, all in. Along with our will that desires to see what God wants to see. A desire beyond a duty, a prayer that, that can be seen in a sense, what, what happened with Jacob. Remember Jacob in Genesis 32, he wrestled with God. In a sense, there is that sense that he wrestled with God in prayer, uh, in a very holy desperation, wrestled with God until he was blessed by him. How many of us, outside of something that really, really concerns us and really, really burdens us, have that kind of passion in prayer with God? Is it that often our prayers are powerless because they're passionless? To say that our prayer is, is something that we should have a passion for means it's a way of life. We don't just believe it's important. We live out its importance with every breath. Let me move on to the second we need to have a passion in prayer. The second one is we must have a passion that goes beyond prayer for the needs to the need for prayer. Uh, we're going to have to read that initially. Like, I'm not sure I get but I really want us to think about this. It takes us out of our regular kind of religious thinking. It goes beyond prayer for needs to the need for prayer. In Colossians chapter 4, this was saying our prayer... It doesn't just say, devote yourselves to prayer. What's it say? Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. As we're devoting ourselves, we're to be awake, alert, to pray. The whole watch and pray phrase is something used throughout. Jesus used that. Prayer is not just on call then. It's on guard. 24-7, 365, it's on. We are not waiting for to get the call for some need that we should pray for. We've got to see prayer as beyond just waiting for to get a call for some need that we should pray for. But instead, already having an open line to God constantly. Prayer isn't just something, oh, I need to pick up and call God. No, you know what? God and the mayor are on the line already. Something comes up or not comes up. It's, 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 it's how we look at prayer. It's, it's something more. And I recognize there are Christians who, who find it, may find it hard to be passionate about even some desperate things in their life. But the rest of us, we can be burdened for something in prayer that pops into our life. So there's those things that we care about or somebody that we care about. And, and instead... As we think about it, when that, as we pray for that, as we pray for that burden for whatever that is, once it's done, once it's taken care of, in whatever way it's taken care of, we move on. In other words, we stop praying, we just move on and wait until something else comes up to pray about, until another big uh, need hits the radar screen. But being devoted to prayer is not something that is on again, off again. Being devoted to prayer is something that is always on. It's pain. It's not just paying attention to every little blip on the screen saying, well, we need to pray about every little thing. It's more than that. Prayer is not an add-on. Prayer is always on. Constant. Lots of consistent, good church folk that never really get to have a prayer life. They've prayed in their life, but never really get a prayer life. They did their devotions daily faithfully but there was never really devotion in it not in a way that deepened their relationship with god many times we prayed checked it off that's something i did but our life 
is really not spent in being poured out in devotion in prayer. And so we're praying when the need comes to our attention in such a way, at least that we personally decide, let's face it, there are, how many of us have needs every day, constantly, somebody says something or something happens or we see something that could be for prayer. I mean, we, we, we get things all day, but it's just certain things that hit us that then we pray for. We decide what's important, what we are burdened enough to pray for. We don't pray even for everything we hear, let alone keep praying for every need we have. Because that's that going back to seeing prayer as a duty. When we're devoted to prayer, it's not on and off again. It's with every breath. Let's put it this way. We need to go beyond just stopping and praying for something to the point that we do not stop praying for anything. So how is that possible? We already know the Bible, God says numerous places, pray without ceasing, something like that, right? There's that sense of that's what that devoted prayer is about. It's like breathing. It doesn't mean that you're down on your knees in a closet 24-7. But it's a whole different way of looking at prayer as we think about being devoted. A passion for prayer. There's no time that it's not applicable. It's not important. There is, it's not just that we pray in the bad times and the good times. It's that we pray any time. It doesn't have to be something that's come up. There doesn't have to be a need just to be in his presence, just to pray is need enough for us. And there's a difference between that life that prays. I mean, let's face it. We could go on to say this. There is a difference between a life that prays and a praying life. Is it starting to click with us? There's a difference between a life that prays and a praying life. It's important that when we're talking about having passion for prayer, that it's not about pushing some program in the church. It's about the priority of prayer first and foremost, a decision of our will and a direction of our heart to be devoted in prayer, to get to the point where prayer is not just a duty, but a desire that goes even beyond the fundamental, fundamental part of who we are. Prayer is not just something we do in life. Prayer is a way of life. Is a lifestyle of a church and of a people of God. And then that's when we see God move. Versus just a religious way of praying the need. Fred Hartley was a, a part of the college of prayer. And, and part of the founding part really of a college of prayer it was within the alliance and it's really branched branched out even beyond that and he talks about the difference between a church that prays and a church that is devoted to prayer and we see uh, those here first of all a church that prays prays about what it does but a church devoted to prayer does things by prayer these are not just words really and that's why i wrote them down on the papers for you you can just think through this a, a church that prays uh, prays at their convenience, but a church devoted prays at God's command. Uh, we could put it this way for that number two. A church that prays fits prayer in. We fit prayer in. But a church that is devoted or believers that are devoted to prayer gives prayer priority. It's built into the fabric of who we are as individuals and a church. Number three, a church that prays, prays when there are problems, but a church devoted to pray, prays when there are opportunities. We don't just wait for some problem. Then we're going to pray, we're going to pray opportunities. We're going to see what God wants. Uh, four, a church that prays has guilt, has guilt knowing that we should pray more. A church devoted to prayer has joy, desiring to pray more. There is a big difference in that. A big difference. It's not just about, it's not a guilt, it's not a joy that we desire to pray more. Let's move on. We obviously can't fit all those on the screen. If you're trying to get this, like I said, it's on the sermon notes that are available both places back there. 
a church that prays announces special times of prayer and some in the prayer some in the church show up a church devoted announces special times of prayer the entire church shows up like i said before the early church most of their gatherings were prayer meetings number 6 ask god church that prays ask god to bless what it's doing or if they're devoted, ask God to enable them to do what he is blessing. Again, a big difference. A difference between pushing the car uphill or getting gas in the car and starting the engine and driving it up. There is a big difference between those two. And some churches don't get that. Number seven. A church that prays is frustrated by financial shortfalls and backs down from projects. A church devoted is challenged to fast and pray through times of financial shortfall. They receive money by faith and they move ahead with its projects. Number eight, a church that prays thinks they are too busy to pray. A church devoted knows they are too busy not to pray. In fact, there's another one that goes in here that could be said with this. Is a church... That praise is tired, weary, and stressed out. A church devoted to prayer mounts up with wings like eagles, runs, and does not grow weary, walks, and does not faint. Nine, a church that prays sees its members as its parish, or if devoted, it sees the world as its parish, so to speak. Number 10, church that prays sacrifices prayer for other things, but ones that are devoted, a church and a people, a Christians who are devoted to prayer sacrifices other things for prayer. Number 11, a church that prays does things within its means or if we're devoted, we're doing things beyond our means, recognizing that God can do above exceedingly abundantly beyond. In other words, involved in the work of man, A church that prays gets involved in the work of man. A church that is devoted is involved in the work of God, building his kingdom, proclaiming his offer of freedom, healing, and life, and seeing it happen. Because not we were doing it, or we were praying for our work, but because we recognize our work first and foremost was prayer. Twelve. Does things it means, does things beyond its means. And number 12, uses God or is used by God. There's a difference. We need more than just prayer being a priority. We need more than just prayer being a, a, a priority. If we're to be a house of prayer, to have a passion of prayer. A house of prayer is, is the house of hope that always prays and never gives up. A house of prayer is a house of faith that prays to a bigger God who can do bigger things than we could ever imagine. A house of prayer is a house of power whose impact is felt not only in this world, but impact is felt in the spiritual world to the pulling down of strongholds and setting the captives free. A house of prayer are those who are empty of self and full of the Holy Spirit in such a way that prayer is not something that happens through human determination, but happens through holy intervention. There is a need to reach out, yes, to help those who need, yes, especially in need of the Savior, yes. There's a need to impact our Jerusalem, our adopted neighborhood, so to speak, and beyond, yes. But the need to do something is great, but there is a greater need, and that is to pray, because otherwise none of that will be actually done in a way that changes eternity, that changes the spiritual realm, which is where the battle really is. So, when it comes down to it, which will it be? A church that prays with Christians that pray? Or a church devoted to prayer with Christians so devoted they have a passion for prayer? That's the question. Which is it going to be? The potential is there. It's not within us, it's within him to experience some real and amazing things that God wants to do compared to what not only we are able to do, but what we've seen and what he wants to do. To embrace not just the priority, but the passion for prayer.
not being satisfied with just the best that we can see because oftentimes we can point back and so often churches will point back whether it's in the last year or in the last 20 years oh remember when this happened remember when this went on but we got nothing to remember right now but let's not even talk about that let's go back to remember when this happened you know whatever it was whatever the best thing the the greatest thing that we've seen god do in our past that has only come from a crack in the floodgates of heaven with just a trickle coming out from god that we have experienced by just being people that do prayer instead of people of prayer that would see the floodgates of heaven burst wide open that God would pour out his river upon us, around us, abundant, miraculous. It's not just something that can be organized with human effort or it must be agonized in the spirit of God. To be a house of prayer is to be a house of seekers and receivers. We need this to accomplish what God wants to do. And to do that, we need the indwelling, infilling of the Holy Spirit of God leading us to have that passion. Ask the worship team to come on up. You know, hopefully somewhere within us there's that recognition that we need more as it deals with our prayer life today. And that even that not just the realization in our heads, but in our hearts, we want more. But understand this, this is not a message about, you know what, people, you need to buckle down and get serious about prayer. Because that will only work for so long, and it will still only get human results. We need to turn to Him. It is the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weakness. We don't know how we ought to pray. We don't know how to pray. But the Holy Spirit has promised, Romans 8, to help us in that weakness. Let's seek him, recognize who he is, and into his presence. To cry out as Zechariah chapter 12 did, that God would pour out a spirit of grace and supplication, prayer, so that we might be devoted to prayer by his power. Mm-hmm.